Good morning, everybody. Uh, we're back to you from Stacks of Cash Podcast. Have today with me uh, my partner in crime, Dave Duncan. Hello, hello. How you doing today, Dave? Great, thank you, Jay. Good, good. Hey, gentlemen. Dave, we you know there's a there's a topic that keeps popping up on our radar, and and it and it's happened so frequently lately, and there have been some changes around it. We thought it might be something that that our listeners may may be experiencing themselves, and that has to do with a thing called a a beneficiary IRA and we one of the more sexy topics out <laughs> yeah, there exactly so what we thought we would do is we'd spend a couple minutes to talk about what is a beneficiary IRA and what are some of the rule changes that have come about as a result of the secure act which I believe came out during the pandemic correct that is correct okay so so why don't we start off with what is a beneficiary IRA and then why don't you update everybody on some of these rule changes sure and then if you have questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. We're also going to touch a little on Roth IRAs. But a beneficiary IRA is really pretty straightforward. It is an IRA that a beneficiary would receive upon the passing of the individual who owned the IRA. And so if you're a beneficiary, and we're specifically talking about a non-spouse beneficiary. Yeah. So if you're a child, a friend just some lucky dude or gal mm-hmm. who got became the beneficiary. Someone who was the beneficiary of an IRA, there's some rules around when you have to take that money out. So, Dave, what's going on, man? There's been a lot of stuff brewing in this very arcane area. Yeah, this thing, um, there has been a disconnect or a bit of a conflict between the legislative branch of our government passing the SECURE Act back in 2019-2020 and the IRS. So again, the government was really not on the same page when they passed this legislation. And so what is going on now with the inherited IRA is this, let's say that you are a, uh, you're, you're, father dies, okay, and you inherited an IRA. That is what's considered a non-eligible designated beneficiary. That means you're not a spouse, you're not a child that's within 10 years of the the parent's age, which seems like crazy. crazy. Oh, yeah. Or or, or it could be like an uncle or something like that. Sure. Um, You're chronically ill, um, and if you're a child under 21. So those are what's called a designated beneficiary. They're eligible designated beneficiaries, okay? So we're not talking about them because the rules really haven't changed. So if you are a non-eligible designated beneficiary uh, and you you receive an IRA, you have from years 1 to years 10 to liquidate that account by taking a distribution. Yes, Jay. So let's just go back and review something real quick. Let's yes. say if it's a regular IRA. Yes, and I've got, we'll just make up a number. Say I've got a million dollars in my IRA. Yes. Okay. At age 72, I have to start taking required minimum distributions, correct? Yes, you do. And the way that number is calculated is based upon my life expectancy, right? That is correct. So the older I am, the lower my life expectancy. So at age 72, my life expectancy may be 20 right. years. Okay. 
And I would take a million dollars, which is the year in balance, divide it by 20, and that would give me 50000 So that would be the RMD I would have to take for that year. It's the that required is, minimum, yes. and it's a taxable event, correct? That is correct, yes. And there's a table, and you don't have to – we're not trying to bog you down with all no, the math no. on that. But the reason why it's important is is because one of these non-eligible beneficiaries, mm-hmm. they don't get the benefit of this life expectancy thing, Correct. No, they do not. And so here's where the um, confusion was between the legislative branch and the IRS. When this came out, you had 10 years, if you inherited an IRA, to complete and deplete that account. So you could go, you could take no distributions for t- nine and a half years if you wanted, correct? That's right. And Which 10, would allow that money to continue to compound growth? Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. So it was very beneficial for somebody who inherited one of these IRAs that you could just liquidate it at the end of 10 years and not take distributions along the way. Okay. So that was a big benefit. And that's what the original uh, writing of the legislation said. However, the IRS came back and said, hey, this is not correct. We are expecting you to take what you were talking about, Jay, required minimum distributions. Based on? Based off the beneficiary, whoever inherited the IRA's life expectancy. Okay, so let's just pause on that. So suppose I'm a 30-year-old. Yes. And my life expectancy is 90. And I'm I'm just going to use a simple, say, so then my factor is 60. Right. So if I've got a million dollars divided by 60, then I'm taking out like $17,000 a year. That's exactly right. It, it's a little bit of a, more of a nominal amount that you're taking out every year if you're a younger beneficiary. And the IRS cares about that because the more I take out, the more taxable income I have. So they didn't like this, this life expectancy based on some young person. That's exactly right. Less, right. I mean, the government made a pact to that person who passed away is, hey, we're not going to give you, you know, we're going to give you tax-free treatment up front, but you got to pay the taxes on the back end of this. Okay. And when this legislation came out, they were like, we don't want to extend those receipts for another 10 years. Right. We need to get some, uh, some income into the government, okay. some taxes throughout that 10-year period. So, so you, your point you make is correct, Jay, that if you were a young person inheriting an IRA, you're going to have to take out a little bit of every year a small uh, required minimum distributions years one through nine but just remember at the year in year 10 you're gonna have to deplete that entire uh, account wow so so i can take out the rmd Mm -hmm. one through nine that's correct and again if i'm a young person i'm not going to have depleted this thing by the 10th year right so if I'm planning, I want to take the minimum out, and then in the 10th year, I've got to liquidate whatever else is in there. That's right. So I'm going to have a big tax year. So, so But okay, yeah, that's exactly right. And why is it important that you take out this required minimum distribution? It's because if you do not, the government is going to penalize you 50% of whatever you should have taken out. So oh, wow. it is important that when you are inheriting one of these IRAs that you do take the money out or you're going to be giving 50% to the government as a penalty. Okay. So that's why we bring this up. And this was a rule change because in 2021 and 2020, a lot of people did not take those required minimum distributions. But this week, the government came out and said, they're not going to penalize you on years one and two uh, in 20 and 21. 
but going forward they will. So so they want to they want to they want to get some real religion going here on that's these exactly distributions. Right. And this is a hot topic in the IRA world, which is a very fun world to live in. Yeah, yeah, I would say. So I, I guess what I'm taking from you on the beneficiary IRA thing, Dave, is is uh, one they're they're a little bit unique, they're complicated, and if you have one, you probably ought to be seeking some professional advice in that area. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know absolutely. it's something that, you know, we've been studying a lot. Now, why don't we switch gears just for a second? Because we have a client, a, a new client who just who has one of these, mm-hmm. and he, and he kind of posed a question to us. Uh, it was kind of a question slash strategy he was wanting to do, and, and it, it caused us to think in terms of a little bit about Roth IRAs again. Yeah. And I know that there were a couple things that we just wanted to mention on the tail end of the, the uh, beneficiary IRA and kind of just a couple little tidbits in the Roth arena that may make some sense for folks to be listening or thinking about. Yeah. So th- this question in particular was a client who had to take an RMD over an inherited IRA or a beneficiary IRA, uh, which we've already discussed. And he didn't need the income because his cash flow was fine. So what does he do with those net dollars he received after paying taxes on the distribution? Well, he wanted to convert it into a Roth IRA. Um, But you cannot convert a beneficiary IRA into a Roth IRA. You just can't do it. That said, if you make under $204,000 married filing joint, uh, you can contribute up to $6,000 a year in your Roth IRA. So if you have net money that came out of this tr- uh, beneficiary IRA and you make under $204,000 married filing joint, you can make a Roth contribution. So you could do that if you wanted. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, the, 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 the Roth IRA arena is fraught with some rule issues as well, Dave. I, yeah. You know, in particular, there's a five-year rule, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. We, we've had some questions here recently on the, the impact of the five-year rule as it relates to an individual who had a Roth 401k. In other words, they were contributing money in via their 401k plan. Mm-hmm. They did not have any external Roth IRA at a brokerage, they created one because they rolled money from their Roth 401k into a Roth IRA to keep the tax treatment the same. You'd have to. (laughs) And this five-year rule sort of showed up. It's the I don't, it doesn't make sense rule uh, because what that is referring to is that your Roth IRA needs to be open for five years, as Jay mentioned. Um, You... And let's say you roll money into uh, the the Roth IRA, you can take your principal, the amount that you contributed to a Roth IRA, you can you can take that money out anytime tax free. However, the earnings that you're you're getting on those on that principal is not tax favored, and is not tax free unless the account's been open for five years. Why? I have no idea. I mean, this it is makes the stuff no that makes sense. you just go. Our government is really stupid. I mean, it, that just makes no sense that you can contribute money into your Roth 401k for 30 years, and then you retire and you move to a Roth IRA, and your earnings would be taxed. So, so just here, makes no here, sense. here's what's wild about that. So the reason why this popped up was this individual 
wanted to know if they should take money from their Roth IRA that they had rolled over from their Roth 401k and should, should they use some of that money to pay off a debt? Mm-hmm. And, and on the surface, it made sense to take that money and pay off the debt except for this five-year rule. So one quick strategy that involves <laughs> a backdoor Roth IRA, yeah. which is a whole nother topic we'll get into another time, but think about this, Dave. Suppose I contribute, suppose I've got a Roth 401k. And let's just say a lot I'm of people 50 do years now. old. I say I'm 50 years old, okay? I might want to go do a backdoor Roth by contributing money into a traditional IRA, yeah. which I may not get a deduction for because I'm covered under a plan at an employer. Yeah. Take the money, put it into a traditional IRA, mm-hmm. convert that traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, yep. and then just let it sit there so that it's open for five years. That's exactly right. And that would check the box. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you know, glad the government does stupid stuff because I guess it keeps people like you and me employed. That, that's what I was saying. I mean, like, it gives us this job, so I can't be like too critical because it makes it so weird. I mean, Jay, let me ask you this. Why is there income limits on a Roth IRA but not in a Roth 401k? You can put $6,000 into a Roth IRA, but you can do nineteen or 20500 this year into a Roth 401k. Just, it makes no sense, makes but the 6000 Roth IRA... Actually, if you don't do the backdoor thing, if you make more than two hundred and four thousand married filing jointly, tough. Well, actually, two hundred and fourteen because there's a phase out. So if yeah. you make more than two hundred and fourteen thousand dollars of modified adjusted gross income, and you're married filing jointly on your tax filing, you cannot put money into a Roth IRA. But you could do a backdoor Roth IRA. Yeah. Same thing being said on a four hundred one k with a Roth feature. The 214 doesn't apply at all. Makes no sense at all. No, it doesn't. I guess it's the Investment Advisor Full Employment Act. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's called job security right there. Yeah, job security. Well, listen, we just wanted to just kind of confuse you. Yeah. So I think Are you confused yet? Because <laughs> I'm confused. I mean, they make this stuff so difficult. It well, doesn't have to be. Well, as, as we mentioned, it, you don't you don't have to do this alone uh, mm-hmm. if you if you been fortunate slash unfortunate enough to receive an inherited slash beneficiary IRA. Uh, it is a it is an area fraught with a lot of rules and complexity, so it is important to reach out to professionals. And, and some big penalties if you don't follow them correctly. Yeah, yeah and there's a significant cost to, to not uh, getting it done right. So, you know, as always, if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, please feel free to reach out to us. And as always, please feel free to share our Stacks of Cash podcast with friends, family, coworkers, Thanks, everybody. Look forward to seeing you next time. The information in our podcast are the opinions and viewpoints of the moderators and guests only. For information and disclosures regarding Monterey Wealth and its professionals, please go to www.montereywealth.com and select the firm disclosures link under the About tab.